That was President Biden just a little while ago. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. How are the markets responding? The Dow is up. The Dow is up. It was up 454, right now up 411. NASDAQ is up 217, but short-term reaction versus long-term reality. America at $6 a gallon gas, which is very, very possible. $200 a barrel for oil, which right now we saw highs of 130, 131 today. Where does this take us? Charles Payne joins us right now. You know him from Fox Business. You also got to check out his site, W Street. That's the letter WStreet.com and his book, Unstoppable Prosperity. You can get that for free. Just go to WStreet.com and make uh, that happen. Uh, the markets have been unique. Uh, the markets have been, for guys who aren't as into it as you, uh, frightening as all get out first things first are you down with this banning of russian oil in the u.s yeah yeah i'm down with it but let me just say one thing because i was listening to the intro uh i don't think biden's comments had anything to do with this uh reversal there's some scuttlebutt going around and i'm not sure i'm trying was right before you you uh, came on with you trying to get confirmation that Zelensky is is now saying he's willing to compromise uh, with respect to NATO and, and apparently even maybe those breakaway republics. Remember, uh, that was part of the bargaining yesterday, uh, and, uh, and that's a huge part. I mean, if, if he does say, uh, essentially he put it this way, NATO is not prepared to accept Ukraine, uh, and, uh, which is sort of like, and so we're not going to push for it. And if this is the case, we may actually see some resolution on this Russian invasion sooner rather than later. And that is obviously huge news for the market and, and the world in general. Right. So when we talk about those breakaways, we're talking about Donetsk, we're talking about Luhansk, which were declared breakaways by Vladimir Putin. And it was clear that those were going to be the areas that it was going to be very difficult to take Russian troops out of. It was part of Russia's demands of you have to we, those areas stay separatist and you have to change your constitution and you have to uh, you have to, uh, I don't know, bake us brownies. It was a whole laundry list of, of, of madness. But if they are seeing movement in that way, your argument is that's more of a a mover of the markets than anything Biden had to say about oil. Oh, one million percent. It's not even up for debate. I mean, what Biden said was, you know, we knew he was going to do this yesterday. It's not new news. It's not news for the market. Uh, economically, it's it's the proverbial drop in the bucket. Um, uh, you know, it, it was really a bigger issue, to be honest with you, with, with this administration and European allies who, who you know, have been resistant, obviously, because they're so dependent on Russian, uh, particularly natural gas, but, you know, overall energy supplies. So it was sort of a unilateral move. I think uh, President Biden saw an opportunity to kind of switch the uh, the inflation argument and get it off his back and put it on, on, on Vladimir Putin's back. And if you listen to the speech, he tried to suggest, hey, you know, we're, we're 75 cents uh, since uh, the invasion and, you know, also got a chance to promote clean energy. So I think that, you know, in the, in the White House, nothing comes before the PR. Whoever Whoever's in charge of PR, uh, they have the final say, and it was like, listen, uh, you know, forget about this uh, thing uh, where Germany and the rest are saying, don't even push this issue. We don't want to weaponize this. You know, we already heard from, from Russia yesterday saying if there's some sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, a multilateral Western push uh, against uh, fossil fuels, then they could turn off the spigot. Nord Stream 1, they can flip a switch and turn it off. 
Germany is deadly afraid of that. Uh, natural gas prices have been up as much as 1,600% in the last year. Uh, almost every day it's up 100% the last couple of days. So, uh, you know, I think the White House saw it as a way uh, of trying to shift blame. Uh, but as far as the market is concerned, listen, everything has really pivoted off Zelensky, right? I mean, just if you think about his, the, the, you know, the, the courageous stance that he's made, and how he's been able to get Germany to say, okay, we'll send lethal weapons. Okay, we'll build uh, liquid natural gas terminals. Um, you know, Switzerland has done things that Switzerland normally doesn't do. Uh, you know, it's been because of him. He's actually shamed his European counterparts. Now, you know, he can't. He he realized, though, I think as of you know now that he the, the a line in the sand has been created. He won't be able to shame them into sending fighter planes over Ukraine to enforce a no-fly zone. He tried it for 24, 48 hours. He pressed hard. They pressed hard. Uh, you know, the, the damage is building up. And he's, as a leader, he's going to have to make some, some more decisions. And, and I think this might be it. As painful as, as it is for the Ukrainian people, maybe the, the better part of valor is to live the fight another day. And that may be, and certainly was a conversation, a possibility, talking to Charles Payne of Fox Business. Uh, one of the things that President Biden got into when you talk about shifting blame and deciding to say, hey, this entire inflation conversation, it's just because of the war. My policies have had nothing to do with it. My management or mismanagement had nothing to do with it, which, of course, is not true. But he discussed the fact that there are 9,000 leases out there and oil companies can be drilling in all these spots. They're choosing not to. You have to ask them why they're not doing so. So first things first, are there all these leases out there where we're not drilling? And if so, why not? You know, I went. I was going combing uh, last night for a couple of hours through the um, uh, through the Bureau of Land Management's website, and it's hard to get updated information for this fiscal, as most recent fiscal year. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, a lot of these leases are offshore. Uh, you know, not a lot on land, and uh, and these leases. You know, listen. Here's the real news: is that the Biden administration has tried to go against. Uh, drilling. Uh, they had some court defeats, and they're still trying. Uh, they, they're taking. They make. They're making leasing on federal lands harder. And you know, the, the notion of a lease being out there uh, is just one part of the the puzzle. You know, it's like, okay, there's a patch of land out there, Tony. You can drill on it. <laughs> you know, well, next thing you got to do is make sure there's oil there, and, and more importantly, you got to make sure once you spent a few million dollars developing it. They don't pull the rug from under you. And I think that's really what the oil industry is afraid of more than anything else. President Biden didn't make it uh, any – listen, he's been proud so far about his war on fossil fuels. Uh, here's the problem, though. The day after he was elected, crude oil was like 16 bucks a gallon, a, a barrel, right? And now it's 120 <laughs> So it's, it worked. This is what he wanted. Everyone forgets that famous, or if you want to say infamous, speech by President Obama. Uh, this was years ago, about a year before he ran for president, when he was talking to the San Francisco Chronicle, and he said, electricity prices necessarily have to go higher. We must crush Skyrocket. The, the, the word was skyrocket. Right. There you go. So this has always been part of the plan. Make it so painful that people look for an alternative. This has always been part of the plan. And, 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 but you know what? The political backlash has always been the, the one part that they couldn't deal with. Even when he was elected, Obama tried to walk back that, that statement on more than one occasion. 
ideology before the nation. That seems uh, pretty obvious. Talking to Charles Payne, Fox Business, head on over to W Street, letterwstreet.com. Check out the website, uh, become a member, and get the book, Unstoppable Prosperity. It is free. Just click on it, and it will be yours. Uh, As we watch these markets move, Uh, And as we watch inflation grow, I have got everybody and their mother whispering in my ear, uh, you know, armchair analysts, people who know more than I do, (laughs) economists. uh, And and they're saying the same three words to me, Charles, and they're saying stagflation. Are we headed for stagflation as you see it? And can you define it for us? Uh, I think the simplest way is um, when prices are skyrocketing, we'll borrow that word again. That would be our word of the day. As the economy is slowing, normally those things don't go together, right? You know, it's like it's like if you're in your car and you hit the brakes and it goes faster, or or you hit the gas and it goes slower, right? It just doesn't make sense, uh, you know. And 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 it's only happened once in this country, and that was in the 1970s, in part because of the Arab oil embargo, uh, you know, which sent oil prices skyrocketing higher, even as our economy was lumbering. Uh, and of course, it was a it came with the, the sense of misery. Uh, highlighted when President Jimmy Carter said, well, just turn down your thermostat and wear a sweater. You know, man up. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so do I see it? I mean, I see parts of it. Um, I, I just, I don't think our economy is as fragile as it was back in those days, back in the 70s. I mean, we got 11 million job openings, right? Um, uh, but I, I do see a, a nation that's being tested uh, I, I do see one where, you know, we spent the last couple of years where a lot of people didn't have to work. They, it was a luxury, uh, you know, afforded by all the money that was being put out there. That's got to decide if they want to get back, if we want to get back to that, that individual, uh, you know, ruggedness that, that made us the number one country in the world. Or, or are we going to keep, you know, saying, hey, I want to stay at home until the next round of freebies? Because I don't think they're going to come. I hope they don't come. They actually help to spark this inflation thing. And as they fade and people go back to just getting a job, wages are higher, uh, I think we'll moderate. I think it will come just short of an official stagflation period. At, at, I think our unemployment rate is 3.8%, but I don't find any faith or belief in that number because I still haven't figured out how many people have decided I'm not even going back into the workforce. I found something gig economy-esque and I don't need to be bothered, or I found a way to still get a dollar from the government and I don't need to be bothered. Well, you make an amazing point because to me, first of all, that 3.8%, um, that's, that's what they call, that's the U3 number. Uh, there's there's all the other ways of measuring the unemployment rate. Uh, but that is so it's so farcical. I wish they would stop using it. I don't know who was the first person that said, hey, we should use this. Uh, it, it, anyway, the person was brilliant uh, because when people leave the labor force, they're no longer counted. Right. You know, so so people leave in droves. I mean, theoretically, if enough people left the labor force, our unemployment rate would be zero and we would have tens of millions of people not working. So it's nonsensical in that state. So participation, the participation rate is 62.3%. Um, that's up from the lows of the pandemic, which was 60%, but we're still off. The eve of the pandemic, it was 63.4, and that's the difference of millions of jobs right there. And I got to tell you, this number has been coming down for years and years, but it did start to go up. We did get an authentic, organic, you know, nothing, you know, just people saying, okay. I sense opportunity. I sense a turn. I'm going to hit the bricks. 
2018 into 2019, we saw a strong rebound in labor participation. Uh, and now we, I, I would like to see us get back there. We're a long ways from it. We are a long ways from it. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's it, you know, when people talk about that and when they break out the pom-poms, particularly like CNBC or some of these other places that should know better, um, you know, I think it's disingenuous at best. But listen, we're, we're getting there. But for me, the most frightening aspect is how many people are not participating in the labor force. We need people to go to work. Before I let you go, I only got about 60 seconds left with you. This is over the course of the last 16 hours, the word wheat has come up everywhere, that wheat is settling at an all-time high in terms of pricing, that there's a conversation about a, a dearth of wheat. This came up for me in, in my Cigar and Bourbon show, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Uh, 20% of the world's barley comes out of Ukraine, and therefore brewers are going to have an issue. But when you hear wheat as a possible issue, you're talking about how you feed the world. What do you know? Well, yeah, wheat. Uh, you, 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 Ukraine is known as the breadbasket of, of Europe and, and North Africa and parts of Asia, and uh, it's up ninety three percent year over year. The good news is it's down ten percent today, and most of that's happened after that uh, Zelensky speech. Um, it's it's it just shows you that these confrontations uh, have a wide impact, and some of the and some of the decision making. Uh, you know, I think we can handle it. You know, we'll be able to deal with it just like we're, most of us. We'll have to suck it up and deal with higher gasoline prices. But, uh, you know, in Algeria, I don't know, you know, it, it, it could actually mean life or death. Or in Indonesia, it could mean life or death. Or other parts of Europe, it could mean life or death. It's a, it's a critical issue. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's why we try to avoid these kind of wars. But it's also another reason uh, we should all be rethinking globalization in general. Uh, you know, just just the interconnectedness. I think it's smart when you can get a great product from a different country, uh, particularly at a lower price. I think it's dumb when you can produce that product yourself and create jobs for slightly higher prices. And I'm hoping that that's a lesson out of the pandemic and now out of this Russian invasion. Charles Payne, I appreciate you taking the time. It's always good to have you. From Fox Business, WStreet.com, letter WStreet.com, and the book Unstoppable, Unstoppable Prosperity, as opposed to how I speak. Unstoppable Prosperity, and you can get that at WStreet.com. It's yours for free. Charles, always a pleasure, man. Good to be with you. More coming your way. I'm Tony Katz.